What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, it's time to break down three players to figure out who we're drafting if we're on the clock. This week we're breaking down Jameer Gibbs versus Travis Etienne versus Joe Mixon. If you have any suggestion as to who you want to see next week, put it in the comment section below, upvote the responses you want to see. So we'll start things off with Jameer Gibbs was taken 12th overall by the Lions this season, which was a surprise to a lot of people at the time, but then they end up trading away DeAndre Swift, and so the backfield's going to be Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Uh, you've likely heard me quote this stat a bunch of times this offseason, but it really is important to put into context how valuable different roles are on different teams. Lions running back scored 27 half PPR points per game last season, ultimately scoring 22 more fantasy points as a unit over the whole season than the second highest scoring team. In fact, if you look at the worst backfield, which was the Rams, Detroit outscored the Rams running backs by so many points that Lions running backs could have scored negative seven touchdowns last season and still had more fantasy points than Rams running backs. So, for the crowd that thinks it was all the touchdowns, yeah, obviously touchdowns are going to help fantasy production, but this unit was highly productive overall, not just in scoring touchdowns. And the scary part is, well, both the running backs got an upgrade. David Montgomery is better than Jamal Williams. That's why they let Jamal Williams walk in free agency, and then they paid Montgomery more than they would have needed to pay Williams, and then Gibbs even as a rookie, is better than DeAndre Swift. Plus, you've got Hawkinson gone, DJ Chark is gone, Jamison Williams is suspended for the first six weeks. Shane Zilstra, he scored four touchdowns last season. He's done for the year. In fact, if you look at the 52 offensive touchdowns the Lions scored last season, 67% of them came from players who are no longer on the roster. So there are a ton of touchdowns up for grabs this season, and it's not like they brought in a billion players who are going to fill that role. I'm pretty sure Jameer Gibbs is going to score a lot of touchdowns this season, and he's going to be a featured weapon in the red zone, not only on the ground, but through the air, and that's very valuable because, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. They got kind of lucky with how many times they were at like the one-yard line last season, and Jamal Williams was able to just run it in from the one. But maybe that doesn't happen as much, but what we get is still the same number of touchdowns. They're just coming from a little bit further out, and maybe we just increase the passing touchdowns that ends up happening, in which that's going to benefit Jameer Gibbs. I mean, many times they're going to bring uh, Dave Montgomery in at the goal line. And so, listen, when they get inside the 10-yard line, they're going to have Gibbs in the backfield. They're going to have him running routes out of the backfield, running routes as a wide receiver, running the ball in the backfield, there's just going to be plenty of opportunities for him to score. And I really think back to the 2017 season where Alvin Kamara was a rookie. He was third overall in half PPR scoring on only 120 carries. How do you do that? 81 receptions, 13 total touchdowns. And I truly believe that like that sort of season is well within Gibbs' range of outcomes this year, and it really makes him a very strong pick. He doesn't need 300 carries to pay off this ADP. Alvin Kamara did it on 120 carries. Gibbs can do that same thing, and again, just 
Think about how productive this team was last season. They've lost a lot of people, and it's not like they've brought in a bunch of incredible players, just you know, so many different players going to get four, five touchdowns. A lot of this production is going to have to come from Gibbs, from Montgomery, especially in the first six weeks when we don't have Jamison Williams in the receiver core. So the touchdown upside is there. The reception upside is there. Those are the two most important things for fantasy. He is a phenomenal pick. Next up, we've got Travis Etienne, who is definitely someone I loved drafting last season, but hasn't been on my radar as much this year. Now, I don't want to say he's like an awful pick or anything because he's not. He's still going to be the lead running back for the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are going to shock some people with how good they end up being this season. My problem, Etienne, is almost the same reason that I love Gibbs. Remember back to what I was talking about with the Alvin Kamara comp. I said Kamara running back three and a half PPR scoring on only 120 carries. That happened because he was a lead in the passing game and scored a lot of touchdowns. I like Gibbs because I think those touchdowns are up for grabs. I think he's obviously incredible in the receiving game. It's always a very clear path to that high-end production. But when I look at Travis Etienne, the only path I see to that actually happening is with a Tank Bigsby injury. Etienne was sixth in red zone carries last season, 32nd in red zone rushing touchdowns. He had the 12th most carries inside the five-yard line, ranked 35th in touchdowns in that area. He ran the 15th most routes per game, 33rd in targets per game. And so it's like he was given the opportunity last season. He just wasn't super efficient in the receiving game or as a goal line rusher. Meanwhile, you have Tank Bigsby reportedly been incredible as a goal line rusher, incredible as a receiver in camp. So it's not that Etienne won't get a lot of touches because he definitely will, but that he's going to be losing the most valuable work. Tank's not going to go out there and have 200 touches. It's just not going to happen this season. But when Tank is on the field, it will be at times in the red zone. It will be at times in passing situations. Those are the times we want Etienne to be on the field, not between the 20s. We don't really care about that production all that much. We want the touchdowns. We want the receptions. And again, it's not like he's going to have zero. He's not going to have no catches and no touchdowns. He's still a great player on a great offense and is going to contribute in those areas. But we're in like the late third round here in redraft leagues. Etienne had zero competition for touches most of last season. And when he did have competition, it was with James Robinson, who, you know, has since been cut from multiple teams. And even with, you know, having that no competition, having this very valuable role in this offense, and what was a good offense last season too, he was still only 24th in points per game, even with 255 touches. So by taking him in the late third round, you're saying that he'll increase his production by a good amount. And the way I see things, I think the most likely outcome is that he either stays around the production he had last season or it goes down slightly. So for me, I would rather take a chance on Jameer Gibbs, who I really do see as having a much higher ceiling same locked-in floor, and a better chance of hitting that higher ceiling. So the rankings right now, Gibbs, then Etienne. But what about Mixon? Mixon will be entering his seventh season in the NFL, having just turned 27 last month. So not too old, uh, even by running back standards, still totally fine this season. 
Uh, he's also coming off a season where he handled 270 touches through only 14 weeks, and so he finished eighth and half PPR points per game. And to be honest, his situation is like largely unchanged, uh, but you could argue that it's actually improved a little bit this season. Pirine is a very quality backup in the NFL, and while Chase Brown definitely has a lot of truthers out there, he's still a late fifth-round rookie running back, uh, honestly an old one as well. He already turned 23 this March, and so we're not expecting Chase Brown to step in and be as productive as Pirine was last season. So if we're comparing this year to last year, Mixon probably is in a better situation. Uh Unfortunately, it's definitely worth noting that Mixon didn't produce like a running back eight consistently, right? He wasn't just always top 10 in fantasy scoring for running backs. He had 211 yards and five touchdowns in week nine, equated to 53.1 half PPR points. In his other 13 games, he only averaged 12 half PPR points per game, which is low end running back two production. And honestly, that's fine. Like 12 half PPR points per game that would have been the running back 18 last season currently the running back 15 off board so that's really not bad especially considering that we're removing the best game of his season that's a little bit unfair I think my larger point here is that he probably looks like a really good value in this range because he's a player everyone knows He's on a great offense. Historically, he's been drafted in the top two rounds. He did finish eighth in points per game last season. And so you can look at all those things and be like, wait a minute, isn't he a phenomenal pick? I just want to point out that for all but one game last season, he was producing a little bit worse than his current ADP. It wasn't like, oh my goodness, I found this amazing gem, this kid who's always a top two round pick. The people are just down on, but he was great last season. He's always been great. No, he had one, you know, career game and the rest of it was a little bit worse than where he's going. Uh, it's also fair to wonder uh, what the touch ceiling is this season. He's dropped from 19.8 to 18.3 down to 15 carries per game on the last three seasons. And while he did spike for 4.3 receptions per game last year. His touches overall are turning down. If you look at touches per game since 2020, it was 23.3, then 20.9, down to 19.3 last season. So fair to wonder if that's something that they're kind of planning for, is that like he's not a super efficient player. He's getting older. Again, not too old, but getting up there in age. Could that drop again down to like 18 this season? And like I said, given how inefficient of a running back he is, it's just fair to wonder how high is the ceiling for Joe Mixon, given that if he's potentially only going to get 18 touches per game as an inefficient running back, I mean, how good can the fantasy production really be if it's not all coming through the air? So where do I rank all these three? Personally, I have Mixon last uh, just because of that ceiling I was kind of alluding to a second ago. I do think he's probably going to be an okay pick for where he's going, uh, but just that Gibbs clearly has a higher ceiling. And if everything goes right for Travis Etienne, I think that he really does too. Mixon is sort of unlikely to have a monster season when they have so many elite playmakers, especially in the receiving game. Like their receiving core is unreal, right? And they added in Irv Smith as well. So 
Maybe Mixon could get lucky with touchdowns, but remember, he scored five in a game last season, and he still only had nine on the year overall. This offense is going to flow through Chase, flow through Higgins, flow through Irv, uh, through Boyd in the receiving game. And so while Mixon's kind of mixed in there with Boyd, with Irv Smith, you've got two players who most of the production is still flowing through. And so for Mixon to outperform his ADP, to be a really, really good pick, finish, let's say, top 10 for running backs, I mean, he's probably going to need another like 50-point game like last year. And even then, it's not going to be consistent. You're going to be relying on Mixon to post like one or two just monster games where he has a billion touchdowns. He's very, very unlikely to consistently week in and week out outperform this ADP, which you would obviously prefer. You'd prefer him to consistently be the running back eight, not be the running back one, and then have a bunch of running back 20 finishes, if that makes sense. And I think that's way more likely than him consistently paying off the ADP. I think Gibbs and ETN really could consistently pay off their ADPs. And they also have very, very high ceilings as well, because they're also on very, very good offenses and will have roles in the receiving game and in the red zone. So again, my final rankings are going to be Jameer Gibbs, then Travis Etienne, and then Joe Mixon. So if you have a suggestion for next week, please put it in the comment section below, upvote the responses that you want to see. And if you want to see my rankings and projections for every player in every scoring format, you can see that on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And if you want an even easier way to get the rankings, check out the underdog promo in the description box down below. I'll be back tomorrow to go over the best pick in every round, Saturday to go over the most important news over the last week, and then Sunday to talk about the wide receivers. I have not been drafting much this season. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.